Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, But sometimes I wonder if you remove the Holy Spirit from a church, would anything change? Would it just go on as usual? Would would anyone even notice if, if the Holy Spirit stopped having a place to move in that church, okay? Or what about our own lives? I wonder sometimes in our own lives, the Christian, if, if the Holy Spirit was remo- removed from our life, would our life look any different? Would it, would it be any different? Would it feel any different, right? And the Holy Spirit, he is amazing. He is a game changer, okay? So we, as a church and individual, we don't want to operate out of principle only. There's amazing principles that the Bible has. We don't want to just operate out of principle. We want to operate out of presence, we want to operate with this, this friend that Scott was talking about, walking with us. He overshadows us with his light, not to expose for shame, but to expose to make us better, right? And so um, Holy Spirit is amazing. I love the Holy Spirit. And, um, but today in particular, I want to talk about, I want to teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then um, um, after the service, uh, so I'm going to teach on it. I'm going to share my, my personal testimony of when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And at the close of the service, um, we want to give opportunity to anyone, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or maybe you're not sure if you have, um, or you're here and you just need a fresh filling. You want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're going to have prayer counselors up at the end. We'll, we'll go back into worship. And I just want you to be ready for that when that happens. Um, it's going to be amazing. And I just want to say this, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't have to be spooky. It doesn't have to be weird, right? This is something that God wants for us, okay? This is an amazing gift. Um, James, uh, the book of James says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning, right? Everything he gives us is good because he's good. He doesn't give you, he doesn't give you bad things, okay? Everything he has for you, it's amazing and we need to embrace it, okay? So... The Bible teaches that there are three types of baptisms, okay? And um, they're all unique from each other. They're all for you, and they're all good, okay? Um, And the the word baptism, it just simply means to submerge or immerse, okay? Submerge, immerse. That's the word baptism. And there's three baptisms that the Bible talks about. I'm going to put those on the screens. There's three baptisms. The first baptism is actually what... What Emily just did up here by presenting the gospel, and some people put their faith and trust in Jesus. The first baptism is salvation. That is a type, that is a baptism. It's baptism into Christ. When does that happen? It happens when you believe. When you believe, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You're baptized into Jesus, okay? The second baptism is water baptism. And again, we're having that in three weeks. So if you've never been water baptized, I want to encourage you to, to um, do that. We'll, we'll actually do some more teaching on that uh, coming up. And then the last um, baptism is spirit baptism, okay? This is immersion in the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, I don't want, I have time to go a lot into this, but in order for us to reach our full potential or our full maturity in God, I believe we need all three of these baptisms, Okay, can it be that some Christians remain ineffective and um, struggling because they have not embraced God's full foundation? This is his full foundation for us, okay? And actually, in the the book of Hebrews, it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, plural, 
as part of foundation or elementary principles, okay? This is not like supposed to be advanced teaching. Some of you might think, ooh, this is the deep stuff. This is actually not the deep stuff, okay? This is supposed to be elementary and foundational teaching, okay? And so in order to reach our full potential, I believe we need to embrace all three of these baptisms. Okay, now I'm gonna go through each of them. Uh, the first two I'll go through quickly and then we'll spend our time on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to notice is that every, every baptism has two things. It has a baptizer, the one performing the baptism, and what it is they're being baptized into, okay? So the baptizer and what it is they're being baptized into are two different things. Okay, so let's start with salvation, the first one. Um, The baptism into Christ or into the body of Christ. We'll start with that one. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 12, verses 13, it says this. For by one spirit, you were all baptized into one body. Okay, for, all, for by one spirit, you were baptized into one body. Okay, this is salvation. This is talking about when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, you were baptized into the body of Christ. Okay, for by one spirit, who is the baptizer? The Holy Spirit, thank you. For by one spirit, we were baptized into one body. The Holy Spirit is the baptizer. Okay, and who or what are they being baptized into with with this first baptism? Jesus, thank you. You guys can talk, it's okay. And if you missed it, there's no condemnation, right? (laughs) All right. So the uh, the Holy Spirit is the baptizer. You're being baptized into Jesus or into the body of Christ, okay? When you get saved, the Holy Spirit immerses you into Christ, okay? He's in us, we're in him. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Holy Spirit did that, okay? Now my wife got up here. She did an amazing job presenting the gospel, right? But she actually didn't immerse you in Jesus, okay? What she was doing was trying to find language for what was already happening in your heart. And that's what we do when we come up here and we, we talk about salvation. It's like, okay, God's already doing a work. He's already moving in people's lives. No one can come unless the Holy Spirit is drawing them. All I'm doing or all we do when we come up here to present the gospel is we're trying to find language to help people get some context. What do I, what do, I do with this? What's happening in my heart? What, do I, what, what am I supposed to do? And we try to give them that step of how to place their faith and trust in Jesus, okay? So it's really the Holy Spirit who is immersing you and doing that work. He's... Um, Immersing you into Christ, okay? I'll give you another scripture. Galatians chapter three, verses 26 to 27, it says, for you are all sons through faith in Christ Jesus, okay? How do you become a son or daughter in Christ Jesus? Through faith. It's by faith and through faith alone, and there's nothing else that saves you, okay? By grace, through faith, this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God so that no one can boast, okay? So that's how you get saved, okay? But look at this, verse 27. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, okay? So this first baptism, well, what I wanna say about this first baptism, this first baptism is all you need to go to heaven, okay? Placing your faith and trust in Jesus, being baptized into Christ with the body of Christ, this is all you need to get to heaven. But if you want to move on to maturity, We need the other two. If we want to embrace everything God has for us, I want everything that God has for me. Don't you guys? I don't want anything to be held back. I want everything he has for me in this life. If you want to move on to maturity, we need to to embrace the other two. I'll give you an example of this um, just to prove to you this is true. Because some churches teach you have to get saved and water baptized and and this and that and all these different things. It's faith and faith in Jesus alone that that brings you um, to Christ. and, And you can go to heaven with that alone. 
Luke 23, uh, verses 43, this is the thief on the cross with Jesus. Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay, this guy could not have gotten down from the cross. Hey, excuse me, I know you're crucifying us, but <clears throat> this guy over here um, who just believed, he, we need to get him down, we need to water baptize him, and then you can put him back up here, okay? Okay, <laughs> right? He couldn't have been water baptized. Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise, okay? So that's all you need to go to heaven. Faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. This happens sometimes on people's deathbed. Sometimes when people are on their deathbed, they put their faith and trust in Jesus, He's a, and he accepts them. God accepts them, right? Yeah. If you humble yourself before him, come before him. He will not turn you away, okay? Okay, so that's the first baptism. Baptism into Christ or into the body of Christ. The second baptism is water baptism. Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Jesus said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we do baptisms, I don't know that you have to say that, but we, we do, you know, baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize them. That's how we do um, immersion in water, okay? Now, in the case of water baptism, who is the baptizer? Oh my gosh, there's so many things coming out. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, who this is about? The baptizer is, is a, a disciple, a believer in Jesus, okay? A fellow believer. So the person doing the act of the baptism is a fellow believer. Now, there is a work of the Spirit that's happening under the waters, okay? There is something that God's doing there, a supernatural thing. I'm not gonna go into it. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. There is a supernatural work in baptism, but the person performing the baptism is a disciple, a believer. We, here at church, we don't, we don't um, to do baptism, you don't have to be a pastor. Sometimes fathers will do, baptize their kids or mothers or, or, you know, my wife was baptized by someone who was mentoring her when she was younger. So um, a fellow believer, they don't have to be clergy or anything like that. By the way, there's never an example in scripture of anyone baptizing themselves, Right? And, and it's true with all of these three baptisms. You, the, it's the uh, spirit that baptizes you in Jesus, right? It's a disciple that baptizes you into water, and then the Holy Spirit does a work there. Um, no one baptizes themselves, okay? So um, water baptism. What is water baptism? Why is it important? Uh, I won't go into a lot. One thing I, I like to say is that it's kind of like a wedding ring. It is the outward sign of an inward reality, Right? Um, the ring, wearing the ring doesn't make me married. It was the covenant I made with my wife before God and, and with a bunch of witnesses there. That was the covenant I made. The outward sign is that I wear a wedding ring that says to all you ladies, step off, right? Um, this, one's, this one's taken, you know, okay? That's the outward sign of the inward reality, okay? And again, there's a supernatural work that happens there, and we'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. And again, October 27th is when we will do water baptisms here. It's gonna be amazing. Okay, now, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're gonna read Matthew chapter 11, uh, 3, verse 11. This is John uh, the Baptist said this at the baptism of Jesus. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, who, what John's talking about here, who is the he? Who's the baptizer? Okay, Jesus. Jesus, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and the fire. Okay, now what are they being baptized into? Go ahead. 
The Holy Spirit, thank you. Okay, good. So Jesus, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus baptizes you, immerses you in the Holy Spirit. The reason why I'm saying this is because I want you to see that these are different. These are not the same event, okay? And this is totally biblical. Um, go ahead and put up that slide. So with the, th- with the three baptisms, um, <clears throat> there's three baptisms. Salvation, with salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. With water, a disciple baptizes us in the water. And then with the spirit baptism, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay, I just want you to see that those are different things, different events, okay? Um, because I want you to see how this is important. This is something that you need in your life. It's not all included in one single event, okay? Um, by the way, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, there's not a long list of things that are in all four Gospels, um, I think the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, there's a few other things that are in all four Gospels. There's not a really long list of all four things. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels, okay? It's an important subject. And um, so how did this play out? I want to show you how did this play out in practical terms in the early church. When, when the apostles approached this, how did they, how did they deal with this, okay? So we're gonna, I wanted to show you the biblical pattern of this in the early church in the book of Acts, Okay. Um, we're going to start in Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> Acts 8, verses 12 through 13. Um, Philip was preaching. It says this, But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, and in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And, they, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. Okay, he believed what is that? That's salvation. And he was baptized. That was water baptism, okay? So he had two, right? Now watch this. Verse, uh, uh, their very next verse, Acts 8, 14. It said, this report comes back to the apostles in Jerusalem. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Okay, when they arrived, they prayed um, uh, when they arrived, they greeted the new believers and said, you have everything you need. Does it say that? Okay. <laughs> no. They didn't say, you have everything you need. We greeted them, gave them the right hand of fellowship. You have everything you need. No. <clears throat> when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not, had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, now listen. Guys, these are apostles. These are not confused Pentecostals, all right? (laughs) Okay, this is Peter and John. Like, these are the big dogs, okay? They sent the big dogs down there to pray for these guys. They're not confused, whatever, any believer. These are apostles, okay? All right. Um, So... (laughs) And they received the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. It's also a very biblical pattern that people receive the Holy Spirit many times through the laying on of hands. Okay, let me give you another example. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 2. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What's the implication? The implication is it's possible to believe and not be baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit, okay? This is what they, uh, asked, uh, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Verse, um, uh, moving on, verse two. 
They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Okay, that's like some churches. They just talk about the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible, right? They don't teach the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? So no, we have not even heard there is, there is a Holy Spirit. So then, so then Paul's like, well, I better check out your salvation here. I wanna make sure you're saved. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? Which one did you receive? Or, I heard you're a believer. John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus, okay? So what did they have? They had belief. They had their faith and trust in Jesus. They had experienced the first, the first baptism. They had experienced being immersed into the body of Christ. They had not been water baptized. They had not been spirit baptized, okay? Verse five, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got water baptized. And then watch this, verse six. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all, okay? And they received spirit baptism. Okay, again, Peter, John, these are apostles, not confused Pentecostals, right? Paul, Paul, guys, like, he's like the greatest apostle of all time. And he's asking the question, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? This is an important part of your walk with Jesus, okay? And he makes sure that they have this, okay? In practical terms, this is how the apostles approached this subject, okay? Now, someone might object to that and say, well, you know, um, you know, scripture was canonized in 340, whatever, and they didn't, you know, when that happened, then God stopped separating the two, you know, events, and that's rubbish, I want to say, okay? Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this in scripture. Acts chapter 2, um, verses 37 through 39. Peter had just preached a powerful message, okay? And this is, what, this is what happened. When the people heard this, they were cut to the hearts and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do, Okay? So this is right after the Holy Spirit was poured out. Verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's the three right there. The, watch this. The promise is for you. Okay, check. Your children. Check. And all who are far off. Okay, so then if it stopped there, then maybe someone could argue that that was for then and not now. But then what's next said, like, concludes, this is all for us. And for all whom the Lord our God will call. Okay, we're in that last category. We're the all our Lord will God will call, okay? This is for then, this is for now, this is, this is until Jesus returns, that we need, we need all this. We need to, re, you know, repent, put our faith and trust in Jesus, be water baptized, and be spirit baptized, Okay. This promise is good, it's from the Father, and it's for you, okay? Now, um, before I share my personal testimony, I want to answer uh, two questions. The first one, I think, will be highly agreeable when I answer this question. The second one, some of you will choke on. Okay, first question uh, is this. Don't people receive the Holy Spirit when they get saved? Okay, the answer is yes. Yes, you when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes and he lives inside of you. He takes up residence in your heart. Yes, that is true. The Holy Spirit does come into your heart when you get saved. But there is a, according to Scripture, there's a different dimension of the Spirit's activity in your life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, can you hand me that bottle of water? Yes. Okay, so I have a bottle of water here. I'm going to take a drink out of it, too. 
okay, when you get saved, God puts his spirit in you. In other words, he, he fills you up, right? Puts his spirit in you. That's what, that's what salvation is like. He puts water in the bottle. Spirit baptism is like taking the bottle and throwing it into a pool. Okay, there's a, it's, a, it's just a different experience. It's a different type of immersion, okay? There's immersion, being immersed into the body of Christ, and then there's being immersed in the spirit. So there's a different dimension or a different activity of the spirit that's happening. And I didn't make this up. This is the Bible, okay? So I maybe would have chosen to do it differently, but this is what the Bible says. Okay, so yes, people receive the Holy Spirit when they believe. In fact, you can't believe unless you have the Holy Spirit who's leading you to make that decision, okay? So, do me a favor, in this church, Emily talked about this a minute ago, there are no second-class Christians. There are no second-class Christians. And I just want to say, sometimes people feel this when they go to a church that believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, teaches it, and practices it. Sometimes people will go to those churches and they feel like a second-class citizen if they haven't had that experience. And so what I'm asking you guys is, if someone hasn't had that experience, please don't ever make them feel like they're a second-class believer, Okay. We teach it, we emphasize it, I think it's important, but no one is a second-class believer, okay? They do have Jesus in their heart, and we need to honor that. We need to honor that, okay? Of course, there's more. We want to teach that there's more for them. We want everyone to have everything that God has for them, of course, um, but we want to do that with gentleness and respect, okay? So if you guys would do that for me, that would be amazing. Okay, second question, more controversial than the first. Uh, what is the evidence that a person has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, um, despite what you might think in, that you, maybe you were taught in your Pentecostal background, your Assemblies of God background, or charismatic background, or whatever background it is, the gift, in my opinion, the gift of speaking in tongues is not the exclusive sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, Yes, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes people speak in tongues. That's, that's scriptural. That happens. That happened to me, and I'll share my testimony in just a minute. But you might prophesy. I was talking to Pastor Bill this week, and I was like, what happened when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit? He said, I had a deep craving for the Word of God. I started taking my Bible. He didn't speak in tongues at first. He took his Bible. He started taking his Bible to work and had a deep craving for the Word of God. There is something that will happen. I don't personally agree that it has to be the gift of speaking tongues manifests immediately, okay? Now, in the book of Acts, there are 13 conversion stories, and out of those 13, only four of those include the gift of speaking in tongues at that person's um, conversion during their infilling of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so, now Paul writes to Corinthians. He says, the, the, the gift of speaking tongues, it's a beautiful gift, it's an amazing gift. I wish you would all have this gift, right? He says, this is great, but... It's not the exclusive sign, okay? You can't, I'll say this. You can't find that exclusively stated in the Bible, that, this, that, the, that the gift of speaking tongues is the evidence for being baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says the opposite. Do all prophesy? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Okay, it is not the exclusive sign that you have been immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say that to say, just relax, <laughs> relax, you know? Okay, now... Yeah, so if you come up here at the end and you don't have, you know, I don't want you to feel pressure to speak in tongues, you know what I mean? And I just, you just receive, receive what God has for you, okay? And we're not going to make you do anything. We're not going to force you to do anything. We're just going to pray over you to receive this gift that God has for you. Now, 
Now, some people agree, disagree with that because there are different types of tongues and they say one, of the, one type of tongues is for everyone, another type is only for certain people. I get all that, I understand all that. Um, I personally think that it's, they don't, if you earnestly desire it and you wanna speak in tongues, I think it's something great, go after it. But if you don't, you're cool. We love you, you're awesome. We want you part of this church, okay. I believe the manifestation of the Spirit can manifest itself in many unique ways, as, as unique as we are individually. God, when God fills us, there's gonna be a unique expression of him in every person, okay? And it doesn't always have to look the same, okay? So my second request to you is, please never make anyone feel like a second-class believer or Christian if they don't speak in tongues, okay? Speaking in tongues is amazing. I do it almost every day. It was part of my baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but if people don't do it, I don't want you guys to feel pressured to do that, okay? All right, so, and sometime soon, I'd love to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. I'd love to teach on the um, speaking in tongues in particular. They're amazing gifts. I think we should have biblical understanding of them. They're awesome. Uh, we don't want to forbid that, of course, at all. Um, so what is the evidence? If the evidence isn't speaking in tongues, what is the evidence, okay? And I'll, um, I'll read this scripture, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. This is after Jesus' um, resurrection, but before the ascension into heaven. It says, on one occasion, he's hanging out with the disciples. On one occasion, he was eating, um, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They gather around him and ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I don't know why that's a funny question to me. They're always worried about that. Um, verse seven, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent, set by his own authority. Watch this, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, verse eight is the evidence. You will receive power, okay? There is some type of empowerment that the Holy Spirit will give you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It might be the power to suddenly not be tempted by sin anymore, that thing that tempted you. It might be um, power to understand the Bible and the words jump off the page and they come alive to you for the first time ever, right? It might be um, boldness because they said when they received power, they became bold and they preached, right? You'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth, okay? Peter definitely receives boldness. Like, this is the same guy. The baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. They speak in tongues, right? And Peter goes out and preaches boldly. And they get arrested and all these things happen. He doesn't care. He's so bold. Guys, this is the same person that 50 days before was, was lying to a little girl about Jesus, right? <laughs> Surely you were with him. No, that wasn't me. Right? This is a, he was scared of a little girl 50 days before, right? And now he's preaching boldly to the whole city, okay? He received power. He received boldness, okay? So I don't know what it'll look like specifically in life, but it will be an empowerment of God's spirit, okay? All right, so with that, I'll share my testimony. Um, I was... Um, I was seven years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, at the time, we were attending uh, my family. We lived in Thornton. We were attending uh, Resurrection Fellowship in Loveland. And I had been saved 
I, I don't remember how long I'd been saved, maybe a year, maybe two. And I had no teaching whatsoever on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about what the Bible said about baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know any of the gifts of the Spirit, anything like that. But I'm a, I'm a little boy. I'm at home with my mom. We're in Thornton. And I remember just talking about God and church with her and Jesus. And I remember just talking. I'm like, so I know God. Whoa. And he knows me. And I love God. And he loves me. And he lives in me. And I just remember being so grateful that like I knew God and I walked with him. I was just so excited that I knew God. I was walking with him. He loves me. He's in me. Like he's, he has a plan for me. All these things. I'm talking, talking to my mom about this in our kitchen. And all of a sudden, it was, it was like God put his hand on my head. And I remember becoming overwhelmed by, wow, he loves me and he's in me. And he walks with me and I love him. I became overwhelmed by it. I started, I started crying and then I started laughing at the same time, crying and laughing at the same time. I'm like, I'm really confused right now, <laughs> you know. But I'm feeling this, this thing well up within me, springs of living water, right? I feel this thing start to well up within me. Um, and I remember it's, it's kind of a, there was almost like a little bit of a tug of war happening. It was like, um, even at the age of seven, like, um, I, knew, I knew two things that was happening. I knew it was good, and I knew it was God. I didn't understand it, but I knew it was good, and I knew it was God. And I remember even at that age, a little tug of war happening in my heart and having to submit my, my will to his, you know what I mean? And, 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 and lay down my will and submit myself to him. There's like a tug of war happening in my heart, but it was, he's so good. Like he's, his love was so amazing. It was like the most amazing thing in the world. So I'm overwhelmed. I'm crying. I'm laughing at the same time. And then I remember I'm laying on the ground. I'm laying in the kitchen at my house at seven years old and I'm laughing, I'm crying. And then I start speaking in tongues. And I knew two things. I didn't even know what speaking tongues was. I knew two things. I knew it was good, and I knew it was God, okay? Now, my mom, who was familiar with the Baptist Holy Spirit, she was like, eh, it was a little weird, you know? Even to this day, I'm like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, that was, that was a weird experience, you know? So I hope my, <laughs> my testimony's not helping people to be comfortable with this. <laughs> you should still come up. I'm, that might not happen to you, I don't know. Uh, but um, I start speaking in tongues at that age. Listen, from that moment, seven years old, there was never a time where I couldn't speak in tongues. I could always speak in tongues, whether I was doing good, bad, my family's doing good, my family's doing bad. I, you know, I always had that. And I will say also, one thing I had on a continual basis was a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit. When I was sinning, like, I knew I was sinning. Like, I, like, Holy Spirit would not let me get away with messing up. Like, if I was messing up, I would mess up, but I didn't really enjoy it. Okay, so that was another thing that <laughs> happened during the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me. So, um, yeah, that's how, now listen, my experience, that's not very typical. The typical is usually through the laying on of hands. That's scriptural, you know. Some people do receive it the way I did, which just, just happened. God just did it, Right. Um, usually it's through the laying on of hands. Um, for years, I thought, well, that's what happened to me, so that's what has to happen to others. Okay, I understand. I'm not trying to put my experience on you. Your experience is gonna be different. And I spoke in tongues, and for years and years, I thought that has to happen to everyone too. And it's only been about the last three to five years where I thought, you know what? It doesn't have to happen that way, okay? So if that doesn't happen to you today, it's all good. But we do believe it's gonna happen. You're gonna receive it by faith, and God's gonna, there's gonna be some supernatural empowerment that happens in your life. Amen? Okay. I'm going to have the prayer counselors come up 
and just line the front. And worship team, if you guys would come back up here. We're, gonna go, we're just going to go back into a, a few minutes of worship here. And you guys can stand to your feet, if you would. We're going to go back into worship. <clears throat> and I will say this. Please come up here. If you, if you don't, if you've, if you've never received this gift, or you're not sure, maybe you're not sure if this has happened to you, come up and, and get prayer. Or if you're here and you just need a fresh feeling, maybe, maybe you have experienced this, but you're just dry, you need a fresh feeling of God's presence, I wanna highly encourage you to come up. Nothing weird's gonna happen. We're not gonna make you do anything, okay? But God wants this gift for you. This is his gift to you. The promise of the Father is for all who would call upon the name of the Lord, okay? And so we wanna be a powerful church. We wanna be a church that's filled full of God's spirit. And by the way, I wanna say this. If people ask you, like, what does City Lights Church believe about this particular subject? You can point them to this podcast, okay? So during the series, our Freedom Series, the fall of 2019, this message will be entitled The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. They can go and listen to this message and, and uh, know what we believe about it, okay? Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights Podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.